So, but but once those pads come on, Tevin Jenkins is a son of a bitch. <laughs> Here, here. <laughs> oh, that was good. There is that the Bears offense is just like Tony's Wi-Fi, which is uh, struggling. Um. <laughs> I, you guys should have seen what Ant and Tony were doing in the background. Basically, a load of that. Welcome back to the Irish Bear Show. We are here for the Scouting Combine. I am here with Tony. I am here with Anthony. There's two of them here today. Two Anthony's or two Tonys, whatever you want to say. Look, lads, it's it's a lot of fun being able to be here for, I guess, one of the steps of the offseason. This Scouting Combine is a little bit... It's fun just seeing some of these prospects together rather than what actually happens here today. Obviously, kind of the important part is the medical that none of these guys get injured or anything like that. And also that the teams get to meet with the majority of these guys. We always kind of say to today and the, these couple of days, really, it's like a professional speed dating for NFL teams. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's always fun to kind of see all these guys together in one space. But first, before we get into that, how are you guys doing today? Tony, I see there's a lot of uh, teddy bears behind you. Yes. Okay. And let me just clarify, just in case there's any doubt here. Um, I'm not weird, right? This is <laughs> this, this room, this room is, is used as a sort of playroom for the kids. And uh, we've got all these sort of uh, things mounted on the wall. So um, it's not like some sort of weird hunting thing where I've like... <laughs> 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 Is that what Karen, is, is this what is that what Karen's room looked like when it was dark when she when she was in that room? Is that is that what it looks like? It does look like you've crucified Mickey Mouse, though. I gotta say that it does look like he's mounted against the wall. <laughs> uh, before, we get, before we get into this, though, what is Mickey Mouse in Swedish? So, yes, we talked about this, right? This is bonkers because this country I live in is quite insane, right? For some reason in Swedish, Mickey Mouse is called Musa Pig, right? So you'd also think that Minnie Mouse would then be called Mini Pig or something. No, no, no. Minnie Mouse is Minnie Mouse. The Swedes are bonkers. That's why I'm in a shit. Yeah, yeah. And I, just, and I, and I made two points as well um, just after I had mentioned that earlier on. First one is that I do a cracking Mickey Mouse impression. Do it. And if you guys are lucky, do it. You might, you, do so it. what do I'm going to do is I'm going to randomly do answer it. one of your questions later on with the voice, and you will expect <laughs> that. That'll be lads, the fun part of it. Lads, put the it in the comments if you want to see if you want to hear Tony do his Mickey Mouse impression for the rest of the show. <laughs> the second thing is uh, Musa Pig just reminds me of Peppa Pig, and I just wanted to state for um, the avoidance of doubt, and for the record, the Peppa Pig is an arsehole. Um, she treats her father with That's being kind, and she deserves uh, nothing. She's a terrible child, and we'll just leave it at that yes. and move on. I, anyway. I cannot agree any more than that. She is horrendous no. human being. This is the combine analysis that everybody wants in their life, right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Look, guys, it's this is going to be a bit of a, a fun show as we kind of watch it and see kind of Siaki Ika kind of go kind of crazy out there. Um, 
But look, it's it's always interesting being able to come on here, talk a little bit about this, but really just have a bit of fun because most of the shows we have kind of a, a centralized topic where we have to talk everything about it. There's going to be so much going on in this scouting combine that there's going to be plenty of those moments where we will get to have a little bit of a laugh. But for anybody that hasn't seen it up to now, look, they're doing drills at the moment with the defensive linemen. There's not going to be any numbers related to those. It's just kind of looking to see how fluid those guys are. Kind of what are their hips like? What are they? Are they good about laterally and vertically? So that's basically what's going on now. But maybe what some people would be interested in, because we see this a lot, is kind of the 40 times for the first group of defensive tackles anyway, or interior defensive linemen. And um, so one guy that people spoke about quite a lot was Keanu Benton. So he got a 5.13 and a 5.16. I think a lot of people expected him to get be a little bit better than that. So I think what will happen for him is teams might go back and kind of see what his game tape is like to try and determine what position is best for a guy like Keanu Benton. Go ahead. Keanu, can I ask a question, right? I'm just mm-hmm. going to play absolutely dumb for people who might be out there who might not know what these numbers mean and what these numbers value that. Can you yeah. just, before you do this, for defensive linemen, what's a what's a good score? What's a bad score? What's an average score? Just an approximation. Just so that everybody yeah. understands exactly what we're talking about. So look, a lot of this is going to depend on what type of position for the defensive tackles that these guys are going to play. If you're supposed to be kind of a pass rushing three tech, you're probably looking for a sub five. Um, if you're going to be like a nose tackle, like we're going to see a couple of guys here, like Siaki Ika and DJ Mustafer, who's another one that probably would be at that level. Uh, those are kind of the main two. Keandre Coburn as well. You're kind of looking like they're going to be in like the five twos, five threes. Now, if you're hitting kind of five four, that might be a bit of a struggle there. And um, where there's not a lot of athleticism, but if they're big enough, they might just be hard to move. Um, so those are going to be some of the numbers that we're looking at here. So as we talk about some of these guys, I guess the ones to look out for are the ones that are kind of like the four nines, five, five ones, because then you're like, they're in between kind of maybe two positions. Or if there's a guy there where you're expecting them to be kind of a pass rushing three tech, and suddenly they run like a 5-2 or a 5-3, that's when I think teams will have like a little check mark beside them to be like, well, we need to go back and see, does, does this kind of show what they put on tape, or is there a difference between those? That's really all these ones, all these will have, because teams aren't, and this will come for like the receivers later on, because we always talk about guys that run a 4-3 or a 4-4, teams will have it in kind of a bracket. So they'll be like, okay, I would like my pass rushing three tech to run between a 4.75 and a 4.99 or a 5.05. Let's just say something like that. And if somebody runs like a 4.65 that they're expecting to be more of a 4.8 or 4.9 guy, well, then you're like, well, why does this not translate onto the tape? And vice versa. If you see a guy run like, a four or a five two and you're expecting them to be like sub four nine again they'll go back to the tape and see well what could be your reason for this did we miss something sometimes it actually is just they're saying a guy just didn't have the right preparation for the combine but on tape they play faster than what we're seeing in a 40 yard dash and i think that's something that does have to be 
looked at here. It like realistically what they run in the 40 isn't the be all the end all. So I think that's something to kind of consider. With a guy like Keanu Benton, he's like one where people have him in between. Some people think that he can play at the three tech. I think most people will think he's more of a uh, a one tech now. Some people will try and force him into nose tackle as well. So he's one of those that you can kind of tell he's very consistent with what he ran. But I think a lot of people coming into this size athleticism thought he would run a little bit faster than that. We're going to go to the one of the potential first round picks here to make it more bear centric here. And if they did move down and that's Brian Breesy. So basically around the exact same time twice. So where this is interesting is in 2021, Brian tours ACL and then was, I know he was sick for part of the year this year. And for the fact that he's able to hit the four lines twice, it kind of shows that his athleticism hasn't been lost. And it shows that he's able to, I guess, be in that area that you're looking for, for that pass rushing three tech. So that's something that's interesting. So before we move on to that, Tony, I'm going to bring you in for this one is obviously with a guy like Brian Breesy, it's, it's one that you're hoping can keep up that athleticism after all the injuries, but there will be red flags on them because of those injuries. And really, I don't think teams care too much once he's kind of sh- shown his athleticism is still there. It's going to be those medicals. Yeah, and it really, I mean, the, the medical is the big, the big one because um, people want to get a, their own doctors, their own medical personnel to to look into um, exactly what the issue is there um, and see if it's going to be something that's worth investing in or whether it's going to be something that's that's going to be too much of a gamble. So that's going to be the big one. Um, you know, but I mean, you can see when he moves, uh, I, got, I got a glimpse of him there doing doing some of the, the, the D-line drills and he's, he's, he's relatively fluid, but he's, he's kind of strong, strong looking coming around that corner. Um, and, you know, that those those are also important to see how he is moving and, and to see if there's anything that's sort of holding him back at all. So that's always really interesting. Just one thing, actually, someone stuck it in the chat already. Cansey just, he ran a, a four, a four, six, four, six, seven. Um, and I think his 10 yard split was like a one one nine three or something like that which puts mm-hmm. him in the 94th percentile or, or some something crazy like that so that guy is that's athletic you know you've got you've got wide receivers and tight ends that are not not, not much faster than than him sort of thing so that's always interesting but um but yeah um i, I think that's going to be a big one that we all know what what this is this is all about it's not about watching these guys catching the ball. We know they can catch the ball. That's real game situations. What we want to do is you want to interview them. You want to have conversations with them. You want to see what kind of people they are. And you want to check them out to make sure that they don't have dodgy knees, dodgy ankles, whatever it is. Um, and that, that's really it, you know. And and as we talked about on the last show as well, Keenan, the other big thing is this is just another excuse for um, GMs to talk to agents, uh, free agents, um, talk to, um, you know, potential trade partners, all that kind of thing. So um, there's a lot of big, big issues going on at the at the Combine, um, but the front of it is the Underwear Olympics, uh, which means not a jot to anybody really, but, you know, it's another excuse for the NFL to put something on the network and, um, yeah, it is what it is. But it's fun. It's still fun. I enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I'll go through a couple of the other guys. Obviously, the the 
ones that we have here were from the unofficial and some of them are kind of filtering out of what the official time was and as you as you rightly said Kaj I can't see when the, I think the unofficial times were 478 and 473 and has now kind of gone down to kind of a 467 like it's that's where I don't think it matters too much you're still around that area and some of the other guys that will I'll put up here so a guy like Jared Clark um when he was running the one thing i kind of noticed is he took an age to just get in his stance to run the 40 yard and that was something that was like he doesn't look too comfortable so that's the that's one of those where you look at as maybe a guy like that is just like not very comfortable in doing 40 times right like it's it's one of those things um he just looked in that first one, it looked like it took him 10 minutes to get into the stance and just do his run. If Keandre Coburn, 5'26, 5'27. Again, these are some of the guys that you wouldn't expect to be these kind of athletic freaks. They're going to be guys that you're going to put into the middle of your defensive line and basically tell offensive linemen, try move them. Um, same thing for DJ Dale. He's Alabama defensive tackle. He's not going to be one of those kind of pass rushing three techs or anything like that. You're going to put him in there to try and take up double teams and help other guys on your off or on your defensive line. One of the other guys, though, that and this is why I say in terms of the range, we just you're kind of talking about uh, Brian Breesy. We're talking about College at Kansi, but then you have another guy that's a potential first or second round pick, and that's Javon Dexter, and again, would still be one of those guys that I think you'd want to have a little bit of pass rush ability. And the interesting thing was he ran a five flat in his first one, then four, nine, three. And I think before his four, nine, three, I was listening to Daniel Jeremiah and he said that he would have expected him to run faster than a five. Then he does. So like it's things like that, that you're looking at kind of the area that some of these guys are going to run in. But this is where you see the difference in where I kind of mentioned at the start and is you see a guy like that, and now you see another potential second-round pick, and you see Aki Ika, which is a completely different style of guy. He's just going to be very hard to move. He is kind of your prototypical nose tackle, probably one of the best or ranked one of the best nose tackles right now heading into the draft. And again, he's a big dude. He's hard to move. And that's kind of where he's going to end up. Again, the unofficial times for Kyle Jacanti, he's, he's one of the more athletic defensive tackles where I think he's going to be one of those guys that I think a lot of people have him in the second round but wouldn't be surprised if he does go in the first round with that athleticism. Obviously, when it comes to the combine, they're going to compare him to what Aaron Donald did and he was not too far off what he what he was able to do in the 40. So it's, it's going to be interesting. The fact that he, that athleticism is there which I think will make him rise up draft boards. You have a guy in Sam Mustafer's brother, in PJ Mustafer, and actually in the first in his first one there, the 5-4-5, I believe Sam ran his in a 5-4-8. So the fact that he tied with his brother, who was an offensive lineman, you kind of see where they are. PJ Mustafer, again, one of those guys that he's just going to be hard to move. He's not going to be one of those kind of pass rushing interior defensive linemen. He's going to be one of those guys trying to soak up blocks and kind of help other players in that defensive line. So that one was an interesting one. Um, can I say? Can I? Can I say something? Go ahead. That? I'd say. I'd say PJ Mustafer is raging that he that he that he got the exact same as his brother. 
knowing mm. brothers the way I know brothers, I can guarantee you that he would have wanted to get 5.47 or something that just got below his brother. So I'd say that is, I'd say he's raging at that. I'm completely honest. I'd say he's, I'd say he is pissed. And I'd say, yeah. I'd say that minute he ran a 5.48 and, and like the thing is, it could have been put down now, but you just know the minute it was five four eight. Sam probably sent it a text message to yeah. his phone saying, "I thought you were fast" or something, or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. Definitely gonna happen. <laughs> a couple of other interesting ones. So Mauro Ajomo from I think it's Texas or Tennessee. I always get that one confused. Now the interesting thing actually about him is that he runs a five twelve and a five two three, and you would think that that actually wasn't very good for a guy that you would expect to have a little bit of pass rush capability. But the interesting thing, and I noted it down, he actually had a very, very good kind of 10-yard split, which was like a 177. To give you a comparison there, um, Kalajic Kansi ran a 164. So pretty close to that and very close to some of the other guys that were kind of in that area, faster than all of those kind of nose tackle type guys. So he's an interesting one to look at. Uh, again, you have guys like Zach Pickens, 496, 498, Jalen Redmond, 485, 486. Um, again, you have the differences in these types of defensive tackles here 521, 520. Last two, then we have Dante Stills at 492 and 494. And then Cameron Young, and we do have to say it's the one from Mississippi State because there's two of these guys. Um, well, he is a 5.18 and 520. So the thing is, with some of these guys, you're going to see. A mixture of these times both in terms of their three cones you're going to see their 40 yard dashes and some of the other athletic drills here we have to do we do have to remember sometimes the combine isn't actually conducive to some of these guys play styles for the guys that you're expecting to be these like athletic freaks they should kill the combine and they should be really good really what this is for is teams want to put these guys in brackets and be like if a guy runs basically what you think he's going to do, they're not going to care about any of this stuff in terms of the combine because they have all these guys kind of put into the brackets they think that they would run. Now, if they run completely faster than they expect or completely slower, that's when they're going to go back and really check, well, what are we not seeing? What is different about this guy? And I think yeah. that is one of the important elements of this. And, Look, it, it's always hard for kind of the defensive tackles. I think when you're looking for guys like the corners, the wide receivers, tight ends, some of those more athletic positions where you're going to see them actually running more downhill. I think that's where this becomes interesting to see what is that 10-yard split and then what is their acceleration like because that actually is important for some of those positions, not so much for the defensive tackles. Defensive tackles, I actually prefer seeing the 10-yard split because that's – you're kind of get off. And that's one of the things that we do get to learn from the 40 time. You get to see, well, what is this guy's get off? Like who gets out quick off the blocks? And sometimes you don't see it too much in the time, but you actually see it and how explosive they get off for that 40 yard. And some of these coaches will be looking at that as well. So one of the, one of the things as well, though, is like for all we're talking about <clears throat> how, you know, you, you want to see if the guy is going to perform like he is, you expect them to perform you often get the situation as well where people outperform, um, you know, 
where, where you think they are, and that ends up pushing them up the up the, the the draft as well. Because you know, fair enough, and I'm I'm sort of poo pooing the idea of the underwear Olympics as such, but th- there is there is an ad- advantage for it from 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 the players. Uh, perspective and interestingly enough um, next gen stats has just tweeted out um uh, Kelly Jacansi's um athletic score so um interesting comparison they've made here so um six foot 280 pounds uh Kansi ran a four six seven forty and has a 92 athleticism score Aaron Donald 2014 also six foot 285 pounds ran a four six eight so he was slightly slower um, and had a 98 athleticism score. Um, then looking at the 10 yard split, 1.64 for Kansi, 1.63 for Donald. So if you're looking at athletic comparison, athletic impact, you could be looking at a guy like Kansi who is basically taking this opportunity to say, no, I need to be pushed further up here. Because let's be honest, if we look back, certainly some of the mock drafts that we've done, We've looked at Kansi, but it's been maybe later on in the second round. Um, you know, he he's absolutely making the statement that he should be a guy who's taken um earlier in, in the draft and in the first round. Um, and you know, there's this is this is it, like we're still a month and a bit away. Um, folk are going to push up the draft, folk are going to fall down the draft for various reasons, as we as have seen in the last 24 hours. Um, so this this could be a, an, an ideal opportunity for anybody out there. To really, really say, look at me, look what I can do, and even if that's just the foot in the door they need to get in a team, then fair play them. The only thing I'll say to that is, and I agree with you, I, I do get it, but we're all talking about these guys being on a certain part of a draft board. We haven't a clue, right? Mm-hmm. Because what we think that we might think that such a player is in the top ten, or they, the, the, the these, you got to remember that, in my opinion. All these teams have had scouts on these guys for years, right? They've seen nearly every single play they've done since they were 10, right? They've done in-depth into look to who they are. They've constantly got guys on the road checking these things out. And I just would be, it's almost, you'd love to get in behind the wall to see what's the draft board today or yesterday before the combine started or whatever day. And then what's the draft board the night of the, of the actual draft starting because I wonder how much changes are, how much stays the exact same. And it's just a little tweak here and there. So mm-hmm. for me, the combine is everything that Kieran said and Tony said, I think it's, it's a great thing for the NFL. It's the start of a season. It gets, gets fans remembering that this is the start towards free agency and then towards a draft again. And it's great for the kids themselves to go out there. But the biggest thing for them is don't get injured. And the second biggest thing is the interview stage. What yeah. are they saying in that interview? What's the wording they're using? So many players that you would hear saying people saying, "Oh, they're they're not they don't like football or they're not they're not big football people." They're the guys that will drop down the board from what I was saying a minute ago about somebody that was in their top twenty. Then suddenly you get to talk to him, and this guy is like, "I don't really care. I'm in it for the money." In essence, without saying those words, and you judge that, and you're like, "Okay, I don't want this guy anywhere near my my organization." That's when he or she or he or she he drops out. And I think for me, that's the biggest part of this combine. And that's why some of the interviews I've listened to have really been interesting because every single player goes, oh, I love football. Football is my life. And you're like, okay, that's cool. To stand out differently, you need to say something else. And you need mm-hmm. to say something that just tweaks somebody in the room to go, yeah, I, I like this guy. This guy's, a, this guy's a pretty interesting kid. 
Yeah, and that's important because, like, like you said, all these guys are media trained. And I, I mentioned this over on Twitter yesterday because I was listening to some of these linebackers and defensive tackles. And the one thing I pointed out is, like, it's very obvious that these guys are very well media trained because their answers are really good. Their answers were to the point. They knew exactly who was asking the questions, what teams they were affiliated with, and how to answer the questions based on those. And it is really important because often we do see guys that combine that it just doesn't really work. And you're like, what the hell is that guy thinking? Who's advising him? And like, realistically, um, the only thing that I can think of in relation to a guy that has been badly advised and won't say kind of who it, who it was, but it was somebody at the senior belt and um, that is supposed to be kind of a top, let's say three to four in terms of three or four round. Um, basically refused to do any interviews at all did no interviews with the teams didn't talk to a single media member and just went and played and did the drills and all that sort of stuff but refused to speak to the media and i i just i could not understand why anybody would do that when you're coming to one of these games what's the point of being there the teams actually prefer seeing, getting to talk to you and getting to interact and anything else. So this is an interesting one because teams are going to notice that, right? Like, there's a reason why Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus, where one of the stories that came out today is that the first like couple minutes when these prospects come in, that they're playing kind of on a pudding green and playing darts because they want to just get to know who they are as people and it probably also looks at what's their competitiveness like. Do they want to win? All that sort of stuff. But it's to try and get the real prospect rather than it coming in, interviewing a guy, and then going. Because all these guys are going to do the same thing. They'll say the same thing to every single team. But if you can get them kind of relaxed a little bit, that's when you get the real kind of person. And look, we'll mention this just because at the end of the day, it's probably the biggest story from the combine. We'll mention it for a couple of minutes here and then we'll move on. Um, obviously, the biggest story that has come out over the last couple of days is with Jalen Carter. Now, none of us are going to actually give our opinion on what we think should happen, will happen. We will kind of put the facts out there and I guess give an estimation on, in terms of where that leaves the Bears because we can do this based on prior knowledge of the organization but it's it's a tough situation for any prospect to be in and like regardless of what the information that comes out and whatever the full truth is because all we hear is the stories that come out in the media it's a terrible thing to happen for obviously Jalen Carter's teammate and for him to be in that situation but the one thing that we can say is I don't like when people come out on Twitter and say my team, Oh, maybe he'll fall to my team or this team shouldn't draft him or he should go undrafted or he shouldn't be able to enter the draft when realistically nobody except for the police department down in Athens, Georgia really has all the information. They will drift feed information to the media when they get it. But I think it is a little bit too soon for people to be talking about this stuff because we see things like this come out and absolutely kill guys' careers. And then it actually turned out that 
well, the part of the story where everybody kind of freaked out to wasn't the main part. Or people are like, oh, he's fine. He didn't do that much. And then it turns out it's worse than what we imagined. So I think for a lot of people, we just need to let it all play out. Stop talking about how maybe my team might get to draft him or this team shouldn't draft him, blah, blah, blah. And actually just let that story play out. I'll give my only opinion on this and which how it relates to the Bears. If there's any sort of truth to what we've seen on this, I don't see the Bears doing it because I don't see George McCaskey letting something like that happen because he's all about people. He's all about getting guys in. The draft is a risky process anyway. You're kind of taking risks with some of these guys. And I don't think the Bears are going to want a story like that around a top draft pick. Now, we could be wrong in that, but just based on prior knowledge on stuff where there's been rumors of guys that have had other things happen, and we've heard that the Bears have put them off their draft list. So that's the only thing I think we can go on. But in terms of an opinion of what should happen with Jalen Carter, what will happen, I think it's a little bit too early for anybody to come to judgment on it because we don't have the facts, all the facts on it. We only got what I think one of the media members down in Athens, Georgia, kind of tweeted out yesterday. Um, so I guess with that, I'll, I'll let you guys, if you have any points on this, and then we'll move on to the guys that are actually going to be performing in, in the combine. John, Tony, if you want to go first. Uh, no, I mean, again, like, no one knows anything, really, um, other than what's been put out on Twitter, do you know what I mean? So um, you can't really comment on anything until, you know, a full full investigation has been done, and that's really just the way it's got to be. So there's no point really talking too much about it, um, other than to say that it's a shame that uh, we didn't get to see a player of that calibre uh, at the Combine um, in, in the capacity that we thought we were. Um, and yeah, that's that's really it. Yeah, I echo that. I echo that. I think sometimes there's times to not talk and not mention anything. Sometimes mm-hmm. there's times to just let something play out and see what happens. And one thing for sure, you feel for everyone involved, whether it's connected to anybody involved with it. It's not a nice time for anyone. This should have been a happy time for people, and that's obviously not. So whether that's anyone's fault or what that is i'm not going to comment or give my opinion at all of that just to say that um that it's just it is a sad situation all around and let's let's just leave it at that yeah i completely agree it's it's a shit situation for everybody involved like i think people need to remember that we're dealing with kids really like we're dealing with a with Jalen carter who's 21 we're dealing with a guy that died that's younger i believe and a worker as well and i think a lot of caution needs to be done i think a lot of people nationally have to kind of do this with caution as well it's okay to kind of give your opinion on jalen carter the player but i don't think they should be giving their opinion on this situation until realistically there's genuine kind of stuff out there um i guess to move this back to the combine and you see ian rapaport here um basically reporting that both the bears and the cardinals are looking to trade down in the 2023 nfl draft shocker um this is what we kind of mentioned um i said this the perfect situation for the bears would be if you were trading down with indy if they did come up and then suddenly you're at pick number four and the pick before you the cardinals trade down and then suddenly 
you're back to basically the number one pick in the draft again. And maybe you could trade again if you wanted, but this is a situation that the Bears can really take advantage of where you are at number one, you do want to move down. There's two teams within the top four that genuinely want a quarterback. The team that's in third has a quarterback as well and could potentially move down to the point of this is just a, a really good situation for the Bears to be in to where you really do control the draft right now. You control the draft and you control free agency. And I'd say Ryan Poles and Eberflus are loving it this week because I'd say they're so busy with prospects, with GMs, with scouts, with agents. It's It's got to be a really fun week for them because like last year was tough. Think about it. Last year, you had one of the least amount of cap space in the entire league. You didn't have a first-round pick. Or 12 months later, having over $100 million in cap space, having the first overall pick in the draft where you probably have already have three or four teams talking to you in terms of basic terms of what this could be. It's got to be a hell of a lot of fun for the Bears front office going into this week, especially when you compare it to what happened last year. The one thing I'll say on that is I really, really want the Cardinals to announce their trade down now. Because that's what I think will make it absolutely sweet for the Bears. Because that will spook the Colts. Absolutely spook them. Because suddenly, if it's whoever, if it's Las Vegas, if it's the Panthers, if it's the Titans, whoever it is, have gone to three, then suddenly Colts know that, okay, maybe it's two guys we want, but both of them look like they'll be gone by the time it gets to us at four. We're going to have mm-hmm. to do something. And because of that, the Texans are then going to do the something. It becomes a much more fluid thing for. I put out a tweet today because I genuinely feel this. I think the Bears end up tweeting later on. Or sorry, tweet. What is wrong with me today? They end up drafting later on, uh, later on mm-hmm. because I think they'll end up having a situation where we go 9, 10, 11. Probably the Panthers at 9 is the one that, I, that sits with me because I think the Panthers will also then just absolutely offer the world. Um, because I, I think they have to. Because like, yes. we saw what happened to them the last few years. They have a good team, but they just can't get it right at quarterback. I, and I think there's 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 a real push this year to of, almost of panic amongst teams like them. Titans are another one who have a little bit of panic written about them. Why? Because in the last couple of years, they were talked about as being a team that was a quarterback away from being successful. Uh, and I think now these teams are looking at that window closing fast and are now trying to reopen either a new window or trying to create that that this guy is going to boom us to the next level. So I really think it's it's going to be interesting. But I'll say it again, I really want the Cardinals to announce they've traded with somebody, just anybody, that's looking to get a quarterback. I guess I'll be honest with you, I'm just getting impatient at this point. Tony, we're only two weeks away. It's everything, though. It's not it's free agency, is where we're going to be picking, it's what we're going to get back, like, and it's just waiting for everything to happen. But you just know that, to, again, they're going to say, say again, this week's going to be so imperative to to making that deal and finding out what you know who we're going to be looking to trade with. So, yeah, I'm trying to be patient, Kieran, but it's difficult. It's really, really difficult. Can I, can I make a point, though? Tony, I'll just say this, right? At the start of the show, I, I saw you drinking a glass of wine. Yep. And there a minute ago, I saw you drinking water. So literally, you are turning wine into water. And that's how impatient you're getting. Is that a fair analysis of where you are right now in your head? I don't. I don't want to make the sign of the cross twice on the one. <laughs> <Jesus> <laughs> <Daily>. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, we'll move on. With that being said, <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's, I, I'm kind of with you, but I'm like, my my biggest fear is like if you have the Cardinals move down and it's one of the teams that like you were targeting to move down with, well, then you have like one of those. But like you said, it could spook another team to have to move up. If I'm, if I'm the Bears, I'm hiring some like young guy or someone that no other team knows and say, I'm saying to him, sit down next to any of the cult scouts <laughs> and pretend you're a fan, pretend you're like some other media member and just sit down and see what their reactions are to some of the quarterbacks when they come out. The one, the one thing that I think the Bears are going to be paying close attention to today is when the quarterbacks come out, they're going to be looking at those teams that they know are interested in in moving up, seeing can they give away anything small. It's not going to be something big. If something big happens, they'll be like, this guy's trying to play me. But I think that's going to be an interesting one this week. But we're going to see a lot or hear a lot of rumors about this first overall pick because a lot of the national guys like Schefter, Rappaport, Daniel Jeremiah, all these, they're going to be talking to people to see can they bring up anything on one of their shows to be able to kind of give some people a little bit of kind of information there as they show um, Jalen Redman, defensive lineman from Oklahoma, who's shown a lot of athleticism for a big guy. So it's very, very interesting there. But look, I, I think it's going to be interesting when we look at this overall this week is just going to be full of rumors. Like we've seen today, as it relates to free agency, that it seems like the Giants would be happy in franchise tagging Saquon Barkley if they were able to get a deal done with Daniel Jones. We've also heard in kind of the last couple of minutes that apparently the Lions are trying to extend running back Jamal Williams. So we're going to see more of these guys. I know, Tony, you're a, bit, you're a big fan of, of Williams. Yeah. yeah, look, we're, we're going to see a lot of these rumors are going to come out because, again, agents are there. They're going to be talking to teams and they have so many different clients. And this is sometimes the week where you, some of those discussions going to get pushed ahead. And then so then they'll know kind of if we need to talk to team to other teams that are interested, kind of what could be happening with their client. So I think that's some of the important things that are going to come out of this as well. So look, there's there's a lot to still to still look at. I guess some of the other notable kind of metrics or scores that we've kind of seen recently here um, is Nolan Smith kind of a projected second round pick, and Ed Rusher kind of missed this season, but was a full time like in terms of a starter was a full time starter in in 2021, and. Uh, he had a vertical of 41 and a half, which is kind of ridiculous for someone of his size, but even just at that position. So there's going to be some interesting numbers that come out here. But again, a lot of this is just going to be, kind of, what are some of those tasty rumors that come out here? What are, what are we going to be able to look forward to as we get to see these different position groups? I guess with that, I'll go through some of the questions that are in the chat as well. Um, so this is back from a while ago. I meant to ask it. Uh, so Jeremy says, do you guys like Kansi? I'm like, I like the athleticism that I saw today. And yeah, look, he's going to be an interesting one um, to see how other people have him. And the interesting one that he actually mentions here is I did see this. Mel Kuyper had him pick 10 in this first <laughs> mock draft. And that just goes to show you how different these guys are. Some people have them at, in the second round. Some people have them there. 
kind of a, a newsflash there. That's the way these teams are going to have it. There's going to be guys that some teams will have the likes of Cansey or Lucas Van Ness in the top 10, and there'll be other teams that will have them in the second round. And that's what makes this really, really interesting. The interesting thing about Cansey as well, there was like for all, you know, obviously really athletic, great player. See if he, if he again, and just going back to, you know, analysis from the last couple of days and what Paul, uh, sorry, Eberflus was saying about, you know, what type of player he's looking for at the three technique and he's looking for long players, uh, you know, fast players. You know, so you're going to get the speed with, with Kansi, but are you going to get the, the, the length? You know, are there concerns over being just six foot, uh, 300 pounds? Um, people are talking about his arm length, like it's a, a, a big thing as well. Like, you know, and, and to, these are not be all and end all contributing factors. Absolutely not. But um, it's definitely got to be something that they look at and they can't, if, if they've got a, a, a body type that they go after, then surely that eliminates the likes of Cansey from what the Bears want to do. Or does it? Or do they overlook that length and say, well, no, he can do this X, Y, and Z. And, you know, based off of what we've seen from him, we would still take him. You know, it, and, and that's the other thing as well, is it could also be smoke and mirrors. You know, like they say, um, you know, that we want we want a guy with length throwing people off the scent kind of thing like you know it's all it's all kind of games and and lies and 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 showmanship at the moment with the combine but th these are all interesting things to think about with Kansi um even though he is clearly a a, a a good player um but whether or not he wants to he's going to fit the bears mold or not you know the proof will be in the bin yeah, and one thing here, um, Bernard, someone puts in. So Ian Rappaport in that said that it sounded like it'll be quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Which again, this is all this is really good for the Bears, and it, it makes me more excited. And look, I just want I don't care if it happens now. I don't care if it happens at the draft because all I really give a crap about is that the Bears get the best possible deal. Because yes, it would be nice to see. The Bears make this trade tomorrow and we see they get all these draft picks back. But at the end of the day, you still can't draft anybody until draft night. So uh, for me, I don't care. As long as they get a good deal and they start improving this football team, I think that's the most important thing, really. But it is interesting to see all these start to come out now. We all know, knew that this would happen. This is the first week that you can believe stuff that starts coming out in the media because this is the first week that all these guys are in the same room as each other like before it's just different teams leaking different stories but really at the combine a lot of this stuff kind of leaks out as well agents know about it too we start to see some teams unravel like we've kind of seen with the baltimore ravens this week with lamar jackson and then rashad bateman and then there was another corner that came out today talking about the snc um or the strength and conditioning program in in uh, Baltimore and how they're not big fans of what's going on there. And, and I know you're a big fan of that as well in terms of the strength mm. and conditioning for a professional team. How worrying is that, that you have players coming out of your current regime that are currently part of your team that are criticizing your strength and conditioning during such an important part of your offseason? Yeah, I, I, it was very funny because the last couple of days, all the NFL teams announced all their, their, their information about what it was and the wives and girlfriends and families part where they all, every team basically got dished on that one, which 
trust me from experience, I was not surprised. But when it came to the SNC part, that's a worry because for me, SNC is a vital component of your your organization because you got to remember that these athletes, when they get injured or when they're in a scenario where they're they're trying to get back into the field. Usually they're kept away from the rest of the team, and usually they're working just with the SNC guys together. And if there's no chemistry there, if there's no work together, if there's no trust there, then it becomes really, really toxic very quickly. Because those players then feed back into the other players, going, "This guy is terrible at his job," and suddenly that rumor goes around, and, and it, it it leaks around pretty quickly. And if I'm a, if I'm a Ravens fan, I'm looking at that and I'm going, that's not something I'd like to see. Um, and I'd be kind of worried about that. That's the one feedback that I would get. If if you're getting negative S C comments, comments, then it's really, really not good at all because it, it, it comes down to a culture element, but it also comes down to a trust element of the players, not just in the building at the time, but also the players who are watching and going, oh, I'm thinking of going to X, Y, and Z team. And then I'm reading this. I'm like, oh, I'm staying miles away from there because these guys don't really care about their current players. Why are they going to care about me? And where I say this is why it's such a bad look right now is because we are about what a week and a half away from free agency. Yeah. And look, it doesn't really matter so much for some of these draft prospects because they don't really have a choice on where they're going. Like these teams can draft you and you're going to be part of their organization for four years. But like when it comes to free agents, like if you have the choice between one or two and their other problem is not knowing what's happening with Lamar Jackson. And even if they do franchise tag them, other players are going to see how they're treating a guy like Lamar Jackson, who is actually a very popular figure amongst players in the league and they're seeing how guys are reacting in this organization if they have it between the ravens and somebody else like that's where that really gets would be worrying like if this was happening to the bears i'd be sounding the alarm because i'd be like this is terrible news and look and we we talk about this quite a lot in terms of the strength and conditioning when we were talking about how the bears have to kind of reinvigorate their franchise and it started with that um, because that was a really important element. You need your players trusting in that system. And it was to the point of what you said in terms of that report that came out of them ranking all this. And the one thing that I did like in terms of their SNC, the weight room, all those type of things for the players was very highly rated for the Chicago Bears, which I think if you looked at this six or seven years ago, I'd say the Bears would yes. have been one of the lowest in terms of, yeah, less actually. And I know we don't like to give him a lot of kind of praise on this, but a lot of that actually does go down to Ryan Pace because yep, he yep. did upgrade a lot of that. People don't like to give him any credit for some of this stuff, but he's the one that started it. And it was good for Ryan Poles that he embraced that. He made sure that the SNC was going to be a really important element of his kind of coaching ticket because it was going to be important i know we spoke a lot about that in the interviews for the head coaches too and what they thought of kind of the health of a football team what is important there and you can tell that eberflus and all of those guys really have embraced that and that's what you're seeing the bears used to always get these soft tissue injuries we're not seeing it as as much now which is good um as they kind of show lamar jackson <laughs> on nfl network as we talk about these but yeah look it's it, some of these kind of storylines that come up at this time of the year are really, really important. Um, 
look, I, I do want to talk about some of the stories that have kind of come out over the last couple of days with some of these guys in terms of the linebackers and edge rushers, edge rushers talking. And two of the guys that have been mentioned quite a lot around the Bears have been Will Anderson Jr. and Tyree Wilson. Now, one thing I, I really do like about Will Anderson Jr., obviously we, we've spoken about the players, but in terms of kind of the guys of people, it seems like everybody talking about Will Anderson Jr. has come across, has come away really impressed with him as a as a person. The fact that I think pretty much everybody that's spoken about him has said that he's kind of first-class guy, that even the fact that he said that his nickname in college was the Terminator, but he doesn't want that to be his nickname until he proves that at the next level. Those are things that you do look for because you don't want guys coming into the league being cocky. You want them being confident. And it's something that he's shown, I guess, on the other side for Tyree Wilson. Um, I know it came out that he has met with the Bears twice um, for people to kind of know where those would have been. One would have been at the Senior Bowl because um, he was there. And then obviously he would have met them at, here in the combine as well. So I want to kind of put this out to you guys. When you look at these two players, do you think that if the Bears did trade down to four, and let's say it was quarterback, 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 do you think those would be the two most likely scenarios for the Bears to improve that defense at that point? I think that even if you trade down to four, I'd be probably looking to trade down again mm-hmm. at that point. So no. Um okay would be the answer um, because, again, it goes back to what we spoke about in the last show, and this is before any of that Carter stuff had come out. Um, mm-hmm. You know, none of these guys you could say for definite, you know, you know when you see guys coming out of the draft, you go, that guy is going to be a game changer. And there's no one that, I mean, there's guys in there that look good to know that they're going to add to a team. But I don't say give go back to this generational talent thing. And I, again, I, I don't know if, if you know, the drop-off between the likes of Carter and uh, Anderson to the likes of Brisey and Cansey and, um, you know, Nolan, Will, uh, guys like that, you know, and if there's a, that big a, a drop, sorry, Tyree Wilson, a, a, that big a, a, a drop-off, to be honest with you. So for me, if you trade down a four and you manage to pick up a shed load of picks, I then try and trade back again to, you know, eight or nine, or depending on if if there's still a player there available for someone to come in, and and and, and they want to draft up, uh, trade up and get someone. And um, th- th- this goes back to the point I made before: nothing that the Bears do is going to be uh, an alter all all ultimate franchise altering move unless it's to trade back and accumulate as many future picks as possible. Because again. We're not going to be winning the Super Bowl this year. We're building the, the the depth, the strength, the foundations of the team. And again, taking a guy at number four and then not being able to pick up maybe multiple first rounders this year or in the future years is not going to benefit you. You have to you have to build this thing over the long term. So the answer would be no in, in, in that sense. But if you want mm-hmm. to look at the, the if you want to answer the question in terms of do I think a guy like Tyree Wilson could make an impact in the Bears? Absolutely, absolutely. I think he, I I really like him, um, and and I think if you don't get Will Anderson, it's not the end of the world. Um, and you know if that means at four, hypothetically speaking, if the Cardinals can't trade back and they end up taking Anderson at three, then yeah, 
I'm happy to take a guy like uh, Tyree Wilson at, at number four overall, if that's what they want to do, if they end up sticking at four. I, I genuinely think they'll try and trade back twice. Um, or, you know, it might be once, depending on whether or not they manage to drop back enough spaces to go back to where the Panthers are or even back as far as where the Titans are and manage to pick up a lot more picks, um, then, you know, that, that'll probably be the only move they make. But if they go back from one to two and then, you know, or one to four, I think they might try and move back again at that point, given the opportunity. But it's got to be the right opportunity. It's not just a point case of, oh, I'm going to trade back and pick up a couple of third rounders or a couple of fourth rounders. It's got to be worthwhile to do it. And you've got to, that's the thing as well, you've got to, you've got to balance out these extra lottery tickets in the fourth round versus, you know, a guy who I really like in Tyree Wilson, for example. You know, so that that's going to come down to pace. And, and uh, sorry, pace, polls. Um, sorry, guys. We're Atlanta, are we? PTSD there for a second. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, it's that's the, that's the other thing, though. We don't know what, what Ryan Poles is all about, really. We know absolutely nothing. We've got no evidence base other than last year where he was basically just trading back as much as he can to get as many picks as he could because we didn't have that many. Um, this year will be an indicator of what Ryan Poles does as a, as a GM, what he likes to do in the draft. And whether he stays at the top and values the higher pick versus trading back and accumulating more lottery tickets will be, will be a big indicator of what we're sort of dealing with as a GM. And it's interesting as well because someone had mentioned on Twitter the other day, I can't remember who it was, and it's like, we've got the makings of a great GM in Ryan Poles, clearly just from the way he talks. Now, that's bullshit. You know absolutely nothing about Ryan Poles and what kind of GM he is, really. Fair enough, he comes across really well, but we've known other guys that have come across really well and they've ended up making an arse of each other uh, respective decisions uh, and positions. So we don't know anything about him. We don't know if he's going to be good. The proof will be in what he does this year and then, uh, and then evaluating that like a year or two years down the line. So, you know, th there's a lot to learn here about the guy himself. Um, and what he values. Sorry, I went off on a tangent here, but um, I just wanted to throw that in there when I had the opportunity. And you wanted to say something. I do apologize. No, no, don't apologize, ever, my man. The only thing I will say, you you said that we don't know about Ryan Pauls. I totally agree with you. I've been saying this for months. It all comes down to next three or four months, from my opinion, on Ryan Pauls. I've been saying that for a hell long. The only thing I will say is, we didn't have much money last year. We didn't have a lot of cap space, and he threw a shed load at Ogan Joby. Right, and it didn't work out because Ogun Joby uh, medical fails. But we do know that he wanted a player in the tree technique. We we do know that we know he was was willing to spend what limited money we had last year on Larry Ogun Joby. So that's why I think the likes of Wilson or someone in that ilk is is someone that he'd be interested in. It's why I think he was a little bit disappointed that Payne got got um, franchise tagged by Washington because I'd say he'd have been all over that. Just based on that Larry Ogan Joby move, uh, I agree with you. That's probably the most interesting part of all this for me is that we haven't a clue what Ryan Poles and Cunningham are actually going to be looking for, what they're going to be, what they see as being their draft board, and that makes it even more interesting. The other thing is, is that isn't it great that it's very rare that a, a team with the first in the in the draft already are committed to their quarterback. Right, it's very rare that that happens. It's almost impossible that I can remember that they then also had a hundred million in cap space. 
I find it I find it very much an interesting one. I Nomad, I disagree with you. And the reason I disagree with you is I think Larry Ogan Joby hates the Chicago Bears. I think Larry Ogan <laughs> no, genuinely, genuinely, I think he sees the Chicago Bears as almost screwing him over of a massive contract last year. And I, I really can't see him answering the phone call to, to Ryan Pauls. That's me personally. I just I just from the limited knowledge I can think I know of sports people, that's how they think. Uh, even though he failed the medical, he wouldn't see it that way. He'll see it as being a Chicago Bears fault. Um, I, I just think there'd be a massive push towards that position. It's why I still I totally agree with Tony. I think we draft try and draft down twice. I think we end up we end up drafting around 9, 10, 11. Um, and, and that's where we'd... I'd say if you ask Ryan Pauls now, based on what he could get, I think that's what he could do. That would be what what I think they'd be looking at. That's fair enough. Uh, I guess even just... the Ogan Joby the Ogan Joby contract wasn't huge. though, really, I mean, it was like thirteen million a year. It was for nobody could pay. But it was also it was for the fact that we didn't have much money. Yeah, we yeah. didn't have a lot. Of, we didn't have a lot of cash, so yeah. we weren't like we were sitting here with a lot of money. He he. Uh, his first thought on day one of the of the of uh, free agency last year was to give that money to that position to that player. Yeah. Which we didn't have a lot of. Yeah, well, three technique is, is we keep going back to it, is the, is the big unlocking factor on defense. So you should expect this. And that, that that's the interesting question as well. And I know we'll talk about it more over the next week or so. Is is do they do they spend big in a, in a three technique in free agency or do they hang fire? You know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a total gamble because if you don't go out there and you say, right, okay, I'm going to sign, assign all that money to that defensive tackle just now versus you know what we'll just take a guy in the sort of second wave and hope that we get our guy in the draft yeah. that, that's not that, that's not the way to go that's not the way to go because you then just leave yourself in a situation where your defense is in the same situation as that this year so i, I i've got to think that they, they probably try and target a three technique and free agency again and it's going to it's going to be someone significant but who who is who is it who's that question or uh, will it be a trade you know, will they will they try and throw something for at Washington for for pain? You know, there's an interest and 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 maybe maybe and, and, and I'm anything, it's not happening. Speculating here, right? But maybe in some sort of trade back scenario, we end up with either extra picks that we can send to Washington for pain, or he's he's included in some sort of uh, trade. I don't know. Like, okay, I'm just okay. spitballing here. We we are about to start the next stage of the defensive line who are running their 40 times. So we have a Debawari from Northwestern, um, who a lot of people think he's going to be one of the kind of key standouts here um, in terms of he had one of the best verticals of this group. Um, so he's going to be an interesting one um, as he kind of false starts. So it's a... Uh, it's gonna be, be if gonna he was in the Olymp- if he was in the Olympics, he'd be kicked out straight away, he'd be barred straight into the bin. But he, he is one guy that has been moved all over, played three tech in the senior ball, was more of a five tech in terms of when you looked at him at Northwestern. Some people like him at really at the edge, some people see him more in inside. He's just a really explosive athlete. So he's gonna be an interesting one. I think he's gonna go way higher than people think. Like way higher than people think. Four five. That's ridiculous. That's fast. That's <laughs> for that a guy is, that size. that's fucking ridiculous. Like he's gonna be faster than like some receivers. Yeah. 
are going to run out there. That's teams are going to take note of this. But look, the thing for him is that that actually is on tape when you watch him. He is an explosive athlete. Honestly, ridiculous. Like the one thing I like is he just looks smooth when he's running. He doesn't look like it's tough on him, and that's what you like to see for those guys. Sometimes you see guys that are going to be um when they do kind of do these 40s they look like they actually struggle towards the end and yes exactly bear this amount fuck me 4.54 ridiculous uh i guess for the next guy habuk baldonado habakuk baldonado it's about four seven though that's not decent that's not bad he's he's interesting though because he has something that a lot of people like don't is he actually used to be very involved in like martial arts and stuff like that which we talk about in terms of some of these guys in terms of those defensive edge rushers and what they want to be able to do with hand placement and things like that so that's interesting for him um but yeah that's that's a really good score i guess earlier some of the best verticals for some of the edge guys nolan smith was the highest with 41 and a half you had byron young the guy from tennessee with 38 Adebo Ori, again, 37 and a half. So top three in, in terms of the edge rushers in his group. Um, in terms of that, and then you see him run there. Again, he's an explosive athlete, so you're gonna see and um, you Yaya Diaby with 37, Isaiah McGuire, 36 and a half, Will McDonald, 36, Nick Hampton, 35 and a half, and Habakuk Baldonado with 35. Um, so it's just interesting. Well, we have a four-five A from Robert Beale Jr., another guy going into four fives ridiculous with some of these guys these big dancing bears jeez louise exactly it's uh it's really interesting there's a couple of guys that i think are coming up that'll be interesting um so isaiah foski who will be coming up in was it three more players time he's one guy that i think a lot of people will be looking at because he's a potential kind of first round pick at another dame and um, so he will be one that i think a lot of people will be paying attention to um I don't know, you've KJ Henry that's in this one, Nick Hampton as well, some of these guys that I think a lot of people would be paying a lot of attention to. Um but yeah, it's it it is kind of crazy when you see some of these guys and what they're able to what they're able to run at because again, you want to look at at them and see kind of is the explosion there because that's what you want from some of these defensive linemen. You want to see how explosive of athletes are they. Yeah, I think I think some of those times are just like the thing I just saw is the guy that the guy that ran four point five eight, it looked mm-hmm. like he had just gone for a walk. Like he <laughs> just he, he just seemed grand after that, sure. Yeah, that's that's not too bad. Like that's borderline Olympic qualification time, that is. That's those, those, and can I ask those you a question? For, as you said, have, as you, said, have you ever run a forty? Me personally. Yeah, have you ever you ever like timed yourself properly running a forty? Now, like, because uh, I couldn't run forty yards now, never. <laughs> uh, have I ever done it? No, I did when I was younger, I suppose, but I didn't. I don't remember ever timing it. I do we, remember like doing relays and shit. We we used to do it. For, we used to do it. We used to do it for rugby um, on our team, and like. Go on, you know, see, what did you have? What was your forty? No, I think I can't. I honestly can't remember it. Um, but it was not 
No, 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 no. I will tell you this. I was actually fast. So that was, I was a winger. So like I, I was fast when it came to this, but like it wouldn't have been in the fours. It's probably like five something or around there. Cause I would have been one of the faster players on the team. So if I didn't beat some of the fucking big lads, I would be in getting slagging for, for most of it. But like, when you look at some of these guys, like there's no way you have to be an Olympic athlete really to be getting into kind of the fours, um, which kind of shows the athleticism some of these guys have here. Um, so we have one of the potential first round picks coming up next with Isaiah Fowski. But look, it, these are fun, right? Because it we just get to see kind of where is some of this explosion? What are they like? Again, you're never going to see these guys kind of run 40, 50, 60 yards in, in a game. It's that quick area kind of burst or explosion that you do want to see. Um, so, like, a lot of the time when I watch this, I'm going to see kind of what is their get-off. A 4.64 for Isaiah Foskey with a 1.67, 10-yard split. Now, that's, that's really interesting in terms of, like, how, how quick that first 10 yards is because that's what you want to see from some of these guys. Because again, if you're slow off off the snap, it makes it a lot easier for the offensive line, and that's kind of something that you do look at. Some of the other guys that'll be going on in this one, when you look at kind of Isaiah Land is one guy that a lot of people are talking about in terms of a smaller school guy, but could go a lot higher than people are expecting. You have a Mike Morris that's going to be in here, and Nick Hampton is one guy from Appalachian State that a lot of people have been talking about as well. But look, it's it's kind of fun seeing how these guys are, but I, I do want to go a little bit back to the conversation that we were having when it relates to the bears. And I guess for you, Anthony is what, what do you want to see the bears be able to do? Like in terms of what do you want them to be able to come away with when we look at that first round in April? Is it that let's say, look, we all know they're going to trade, right? The fact that, Ian Rappaport said today that there is significant, significant, significant interest in the number one overall pick. What do you want to see the Bears come away with? Do you want to see that one trade and then draft the best player there? Or do you want to see what Tony said? You trade once and then you trade again and just try and stockpile and kind of go with the more kind of quantity picks rather than going at like let's say three four five and just picking whoever the best guy is there i think for me what's really important is what we're getting not just for this draft but for next year's draft i -hmm. think that's really important for me and that's got to be part of the conversation for the exact reason that tony said i we're not but unless something magical happens and you never know that's the nfl some things can do that and some things work out magically but i don't think we're going to win the super bowl um so we need to have stuff ready that when 2024 comes around, we've got as much opportunity to to really hit that, to fix the what we hope would be little holes that we would need to fix in certain spots to get that over the over the top. Um, I think we'll if we have a, an example of a of a nine win season, a Detroit Lions season, for example, have a nine win season, and suddenly you're looking at fixing holes in certain spots, um, and then getting that from the draft this year with 2020. Or sorry, with next year's draft as part of the package. With that in mind, then I would be agreeing totally with Tony's point about drafting down twice because then you're more likely to get more draft picks going into next year. In saying that, there's part of me also that would love to have one of those superstar players that everyone's talking about 
in the Chicago Bears. There was just so much fun that I found with Justin Fields coming to Chicago that time. That was just so cool that everyone was like, oh my God, have the Bears finally found their quarterback? And that was a real great buzz. And now we, we were almost starting the show on that, Kieran, but it was a great buzz. So it would be nice to have something like that. But that's not what I think is best for the Bears. I think what's best for the Bears is having as many opportunities to get it, to get this year's draft right and next year. Why? Because on average, I would assume, and it's a guess here, but I would assume if you've got nine draft picks, five of them, four of them might work out. You know, three of them might work out. The more draft picks you have then by average, the more chances you have to get it. It's a bit like buying your lottery tickets. But I got I, I got to underline this. They have to get a lot of picks in for next year as well. This is the thing, right? Because like you talk about having that big sort of, you know, superstar player, you know, but again, that goes back to the point that they're a superstar player just now based off of what they've done in college and what the yeah. NFL draft folk are saying. I mean, I would rather have the guy who's a superstar in two years' time um, or a year's time or whatever. Because um, how many of these superstars do we see drop off or, or turn into nothing? So, you know, we talk about the hit rate of being 50%. Um you know, and if if you know you could set yourself up with a couple of first rounders versus just the one, then you've got a, you know twice the chance of hitting. Um, yeah. You know, and that you know, so you know, and I get I get what you're saying, that though, because it's nice to have that. You know, and that's like, yeah, the bears more, and people talking about. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's more that's more of a fan. That's more of a fan. It's more of a fan in me saying that. That's not what I think the bears should do. I'm totally agree with the trend. And just a fan in me would like it to be something cool and and wow and like. That part of me is the reason that I'd be like, oh, stay at number one and pick the best player available. But again, that's just the fan in me. Rather than looking at it and going, what's best for the Chicago Bears? Best for the mm -hmm. Chicago Bears. Yeah, trade down as much as you can. But again, underlining the point. Trade down, get your picks next year, get your this year, get your second rounder, get whatever you can get. But you've yeah. got to get a first rounder next year. You've got to look to get a second rounder next year. That's, yeah, the, that's for me, would be vital. Yeah, and to that point, it kind of comes from Alan here. And first, I wanted to just say, obviously, thank you for the super chat. Um, but first of all, here, where this is kind of goes in the back of your point, why I do think it's vital that the Bears get a first-round pick next year. Because in an ideal situation, you stockpile your picks, right? You get an extra pick, this, an extra pick or two this year. You get somebody's first-round pick in 2024. Let's just say, like, the Indianapolis Colts right and then they go and they pick a guy like will levis or something like that or someone right it doesn't i don't really give a crap what quarterback it is you get all your picks this year you get their first round pick next year and suddenly the cults actually aren't very good and you get you let's just say your pick is higher than before than we would have this year in terms of where you're not picking at one, maybe you're picking like 15, 16, 17, but the Colts fucking suck. And then if there's a guy like Caleb Williams that a lot of people are talking about being the number one overall pick, and let's just say the Colts or whoever trades up actually turns out to be one of the worst teams in the league, that you can actually trade that pick and get even more next year. That's the ideal situation because realistically for the Bears, what they want to do is they want Justin Fields to be the guy because that means they've already spent all the draft picks on them. That's now done. Now you actually can start building up your team. Like nobody wants the Bears to stockpile picks this year only to not do well and then just be able to get a guy 
like um was it Caleb Williams next year? Like you don't want to see that happen. In an ideal world, what you see is whoever trades with you, a little bit like the Russell Wilson deal, where Seattle definitely didn't expect to have a top five pick this year because Wilson didn't work in Denver and they sucked that you end up getting one in an ideal world for the Chicago Bears is that you make your picks this year, your team gets vastly improved and whoever you traded with doesn't have a good year next year. And maybe you get a top 10 pick that you weren't expecting. And that makes it even more interesting because let's say there is a guy like Marvin Harrison Jr. that you want, that's a projected top five pick and you really want him. Well, you can trade your top 10 pick from somebody else and your own pick to move up and get the guy that you want. So like there's ways around it. So I think that's the most important situation. So look again, Alan, thank you for the super chat. I think it's a really good one to see. It is important that we stockpile these picks now when you do have the first overall pick in a draft class where there's legitimately four quarterbacks that people are looking at here. And it's not just like a one quarterback class because if it was a one or two, well, then teams may not want to go up quite as much. Um, Look, again, the one thing I'll say to this one, Jonathan Taylor will be healthy in 2023, the Colts on. So there's no there's no way of saying that he doesn't get injured next year again or that you trade with the Carolina Panthers and they pick the wrong quarterback and they suck again, right? Like those are the kind of situations here that you have to look at. Uh, Nomad mentions a good one here. Yaya Diaby just clapped a 4-5. He's one of the guys that I was looking out for. I think he is a very, very good athlete. I think he had like nine and a half sacks this last year um pure athlete we have kind of nolan smith kind of coming up here who's again one of those kind of key athletes lucas van ness will be after him who a lot of people have spoken about and i do want to bring him up and um, tony because we spoke about him earlier in this kind of draft process when we were doing all those um mock draft shows and we're seeing him be like that second round guy or third round guy and you'd be like oh yeah we'll be able to get him he's a good guy to bring in if you went for like Jalen Carter, Brian Breesey from on the interior, and you're still looking for an edge rusher. And then fast forward to this week or this past week, you have a lot of people talking about him as like a top 15 guy. Some people putting him in the top 10, other people linking him to the Bears because I think he's like, I don't know, is he dating Cole Komet's sister or something like that? So it's 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 very interesting to see it. Obviously, him. Oh dear God! Nolan Smith just ran a four-four. That's Jesus. insane, and he he looks like he's jogging. Like the one thing it's I like about Nolan Smith, look at that! He's just not even broke a sweat. I'm exhausted watching him. <laughs> <laughs> like that that was insane. Like re- realistically, like a guy like that will rise up. But it will make people just go back and watch the tape and see what he can do. And then you have Lucas Van Ness who's running pretty well there for 6-4. That's still a very good time for a defensive lineman, or I guess he's going to be on the edge. Nolan Smith, a 4-4-4. He's going to run faster than the majority of these wide receivers we're going to see in can he, two days' time. Can he, pl- can he play wide receiver? Can he can catch, he catch the ball? The ball? <laughs> <laughs> Like, can he play running back? I mean, that's just an insane, that's an insane time. 100. Look, all, I, all I'm going to say is it's a great year for the Bears to want edge rushers and for the Bears to want 
defensive tackles and anyone on the D-line because this is one of the most stacked classes I think you're going to see in a very long time at these positions. Like, if you want explosion, if you want athleticism, there's guys that fit the nose tackle. There's guys that fit the three-tech at loads of edge rushers, depending on what you're looking for. Guys that are going to fit, like we said, three-tech, five-tech, one-tech, nose tackle. Like, what is interesting is that there's so many options here that you actually don't have to go for that guy so early on because I think there's going to be some really interesting options even in that second round, that third round. There'll be guys that are in the fourth round that we've been talking about today. But like, how is this lad still on the board? And that's what's going to make this one. But it's kind of like when we look at any of these guys in like free agency or the draft, the more good prospects at one position – it actually dilutes the position. They start getting moved down a little bit further. Broski Bear mentions it as well. It's a good year for the Bears. It's actually a really stacked center class, which normally you talk about the center and you're like, there's two guys I like. This year, there's plenty. In terms of cornerback, there's a lot of guys as well. Um, Kenny mentions, I hope they target Tyree Wilson or Adeba Ware from Northwestern. Look, I don't know where... Adebawara is gonna go it's gonna depend on where team sees him fitting in their system but my god this guy looks fast 451 from Byron Young from Tennessee I just like looked at the screen I was like this guy looks like he is moving but look it's um when you look at a guy like Adebawara like it really is gonna depend on where a team sees him fitting and what they look for the thing is when you heard like Eberflus and you heard Poles talking about what they look for in a player in terms of the three tech, in terms of a guy that's going to come off the edge, the first word that they keep bringing up is explosion. And that's something that that guy has. So I would not be shocked if, if they do trade down a couple of times or if he's still there at the top of the second round and they have some picks there, would not be surprised to see them target a guy like him because you do have to look at to see what are these guys like in terms of their explosion and, He's one guy that I think a lot of people are going to look at. I think he didn't run again, if I'm if I'm right, because I didn't see him run the second time there, and I could have sworn Baldonado came after him. So that's going to be interesting. Um, Berlissimo says here, I've been a, I've been fanboying him since I saw Poles watch him live versus Ohio State. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be really interesting here. Some of these guys are running good, and it's gonna it's just showing there's a lot of kind of guys with a lot of good athleticism in this upcoming draft, which makes it really, really fun. Well, this is it. And, and that's what we're talking about is like the Bears don't have to stick at the top, you know, in the top five to get a good player. You can absolutely get good players outside of that that area just now. And the unfortunate thing is, uh, is the combine will probably push a lot of the um, realisation of how athletic these guys are up the way. Um, and, and it'll be to the detriment of, of, of us who want to pick up players who were um, previously touted to go in the second round. So, But that, that's just the way it is sort of thing, you know. But um, it, it just goes to show, though, that there are there's plenty of strength and depth in a lot of positions in this draft this year. Um, you know, we talked about the draft last year and how, you know, outside of the top sort of eight or nine after that, everyone was sort of just around about the same kind of calibre uh, to – right into the kind of middle of the second round. Um, whereas I, I, I sort of think this year um, you've got a lot of players who are all kind of first round caliber talents 
Um, so you can absolutely still pick up an impactful player. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But these guys, I mean, it, it's getting to the stage where running a 4-4 or a 4-5 and being £300 is just going to be normal. Like, you know what I mean, it's, it just it just wow. looks so effortless. Um, that it, these guys are they're out of out of this world. They really are because it's not normal for guys that big to be able to move that fast. Um, and it's, I, they'll never be madness. Able to, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, they'll never have to do it in a in a game they're, scenario. They're just, doing a simulcam here of Nick Bosa, Aiden Hutchinson, and Adeba Warre, and Adeba Warre kills them. <laughs> like literally, like by point. Well, Adebo Warrior is a 4-5-4, Aiden Hutchinson was a 4-7-4, and Bosa was a 4-7-9. It just goes to show like the explosion that he has. I think teams are going to go back and watch him more, and I do think looking at the way he's performing here, people will go back and think he's going to be one of those, I guess, in the media and the national media, those kind of typical like draft risers, where I think we see them as that, but really these teams have enough scouts watching these guys that I don't think there's a lot of kind of too many draft risers or the draft fallers are usually because of like red flags, right? But the guys rising up boards would usually be small school guys that they don't see that much. Dude was there in Northwestern. I guess the only thing that's going to help his case within organizations is the versatility to play different positions. Um, and I will say this, so Berlissimo, I'm so impressed with his tape and he played out of his position at end. And Berlissimo was saying that um, quite a lot because he was mentioning actually to us um, prior to the senior bowl that he was supposed to play at three tech there. So the fact that he was able to do that, he was able to do it very successfully. Again, you look at that athleticism, a guy like that's always going to move higher than people expect. I'd say now that we look at the combine, maybe people will actually expect him to go higher than they first were. There was a question about the from Blake here about the centers. He said Rick Spielman actually has said that the center class isn't the best outside of John Michael Schmitz. Aside from Avila and Schmitz, who do you guys like at center? The thing is there's gonna be some guys that are projected as guards that teams are going to see as centers as well there's a couple of others that we've kind of mentioned before um so for example from arkansas uh ricky stromberg was one that we've heard a lot of people talk about luke weipler from ohio state uh we spoke about quite a lot on on the show uh Atimi from michigan is someone that i think a lot of people are fans of joe titman from from wisconsin as well there's going to be a lot of guys and there's going to be some guys we're expecting to play guard and they'll get into the league and suddenly they will be tried out at center as well. The thing is, if you're looking at the bears, I guess this is a good question for you guys, because this is one of the positions of need. We've done a lot of free agent kind of videos over the last week and a half now. And the question's going to become like, where, what should the bears do at center? Like they do have Lucas Patrick that hopefully he can be healthy this year. So you can see what he can do. I don't think most Bears fans would want Sam Mustafer back, even if it's like a one-year deal or anything like that. So, look, Ant, I'll go to you first. What do you want to see the Bears do to try and fix this position? Do you want to see them go early in the draft? Do you want to see them go get a guy in free agency that can help them out with that position? Do you want to see them shift Cody Whitehair back to center and then get a different guard in? What's kind of your hope of the Bears fixing that position going forward? 
I am open and honest with what I said is I don't particularly want Cody White here back at the Chicago Bears. Um, that's just my own personal opinion. And it's not against him, the player. I just think he's been tarnished by being in Chicago for the last three, four years and the impact that it's had on him as a player. That's my own personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so therefore, I'd like us to go and get someone in the draft to build up that position and get build the chemistry in that while still having someone like a Lucas Patrick. If not Lucas Patrick, then someone of that ilk um, that we might get in free agency to to back this kid up and, and help him develop into it. We never really got to see what Lucas Patrick's all about, um, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. We don't really know. So uh, they were very enthused about bringing him in. Uh, like They still are using him as the marketing guy today. I saw a video Chicago Bears did using Lucas Patrick. So I know that doesn't say much, but it's just an example of what they think of the guy, if they're still using him in that kind of capacity. Uh, so I'd like to see that. I'd like to see go relatively early because I, I I think there there might be maybe in the second term maybe Smith's if you get that sec, the extra second maybe you look at that maybe into the third round I don't know but uh, well, I'd like to see us draft somebody um, a relative quality player like that to get mm-hmm. into that position because it's an important position and you want that player to be with Justin Fields for a long period of time so that they build that chemistry at, at uh, under centre because say what you want at the end of the day that person touches the ball at every single snap so they they need to be good at what they do, but they also need to have a level of understanding. Uh, and usually they call the plays as well. They call the, the Ooh, they call a lot of defensive K- plays there. KJ so Henry just KJ Henry just pulled up pretty bad there. Um, that's what you don't want to see in in some of these a guy getting hurt or anything like that. Hopefully it's just like a little kind of tweak to the hamstring or something like that. But I was actually about to say when you look at it. Dude looks like he was wearing a child's t-shirt because it really looked like only go halfway up his body. But like it's yeah, those those type of ones are unfortunate to where they happen. But look, Tony, I guess a similar question. Like obviously the Bears could get more draft picks in terms of they might get a later first round, extra second rounds, third round, stuff like that. Let's say you do come away with whatever you pick in the first round and a guy like Adebo Ore or one of these other defensive linemen is there at the top of the second round, but so is John Michael Schmitz. In terms of, for you as a fan, what do you want to see them go for? Do you want to see them go for that kind of explosive defensive lineman? Or do you think center is just so important that the Bears just have to fix that if there's the choice of like a defensive lineman or a guy like John Michael Schmitz, which area would you want the Bears to go into? I, I, I probably lean more towards the defensive lineman. Um, I, I, I think that's hugely important. I mean, and it's not taking away anything from the centre position because we know that's a big need as well. But I genuinely think that Lucas Patrick will play the centre next year. Um, I think they brought him in for a reason. Um, mm-hmm. you know, And I think the plan was to, to, to have him there anyway. So if he's fit, if he's healthy, he's going to play. That's not to say that they won't bring in another centre in some capacity. Um, you know, and we're talking about trying to trade down at the minute. We're hopefully going to pick up a couple of second rounders, or at least one second rounder. So it's not to say that you you know you you pick up um say that a defensive lineman at the top of the second and and you know Schmidt for instance you, you can get him at some point maybe towards the end of the second round it, it could happen you know but I think you have to look at the priorities and you have to look at the defensive line and how inept it was. And not not to say that the offensive line wasn't inept either, but uh, I, I think, you know, I would rather 
have look to try and get my three technique, for instance, versus getting my center in, um, or my you know um, pass rusher of the future versus getting my center in, because I think they're more sort of higher higher kind of um, needs. And also, not just a higher need, but just a more important kind of scenario. The thing is as well, though, because you're thinking the Bears are going to invest highly in the offensive line in the free agency. Um, so I think if you bring in a guard to play alongside Patrick and Jenkins, um, you know, you're looking at a much stronger front three there right away. Um, mm. And then again, if you're looking to bring in your right tackle as well, you're, you're you know, the, the, the sum of the parts um, is, 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 is good there, you know? So, um, you know, there's, there's a couple of different ways you can go, but my personal opinion would be to go with the defensive tackle or the three technique or whatever you want to call it. I have a question for everybody that's in the chat right now, because some of you probably missed the beginning of the show. As we can see, Mickey Mouse is getting hung by uh, Tony in the background. Tony said that he does have a really good, what is it, Musa Pig, Anthony? Musa Pig. Musa Pig. Musa that's Pig. What that's what it's called in Swedish for Mickey Mouse. And Tony had told us at the beginning of the show, he has a really good kind of voiceover for Mickey Mouse. So only if people want to hear it, we want to hear your opinion in the chat. So let us know if you want to hear Tony talk in a Mickey Mouse voice or, as Ant would like to say, a Musa Pig voice. Crazy, crazy stuff over there, over in Sweden. Look, it is. Yeah, I'm going to wait for the comments. You know, it's yeah. been a great show today, guys. You know, <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. Oh, no, no. <laughs> this agent mole straight away straight in there agent mole and brosky bear let's go tony hold on, hold on. let me yeah. get in the, let me get in the disney so bring, let me no the no what you need to do is you need to be you need to bring most of pig down to the to the screen or is he glued to the wall uh i would love to see because that's really <laughs> is, exactly is he by the him. neck is around the neck Oh my god. It's right the neck. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't <laughs> kill Mickey Mouse. Blame my wife. You killed <laughs> Oh my god. This is the scandal of the combine. Forget about everything else that's going on. This is the scandal of the combine. Totally his new Mickey. <laughs> yeah. Listen, you don't pull your weight, and that's how you start what happens to you, all right? <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we know someone who has a slow 40 time then. Moose <laughs> <laughs> <Musa> pig? Moose <laughs> is fucked, by the way. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, Tony, as as we're as we're away, you see, yes, exactly. Agent <laughs> monster, you monster. I think okay, just because of that, you got to do it. Let's go. Okay. Hi, everybody. Going. It's me, Mickey Mouse. Say, do you want to come inside my clubhouse? Oh, all right. First, to make the clubhouse appear, you've got to say the magic passport. Mishka, Mishka, Mickey Mouse. Right, that's done. Oh. <laughs> No wonder he's no wonder he's got a noose around his neck after that. That is insane. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Like we said. Like we said, this is where you get all your combine analysis. You won't get that, will you? 
You don't see Daniel Jeremiah give you a Musa pig analysis. <laughs> oh my god. Come on, Rappaport. Come on, Rappaport. <laughs> that is the comment of the day. Oh my god, Tony. That was great. Uh, what did we miss? Um, not much really. Like no, Nolan Smith isn't two guys. Tom, I'm sh- I'd be shocked if he if he does it. But that was well well done. Oh yeah, there we go. He has to be the first pick in the draft in that <laughs> voice. <laughs> What's the first pick? <laughs> Nobody, hopefully. <laughs> Uh, Tony, do you know, do you know what's going to happen, right? We're going to do our live shows in what is it, a week and a half when we uh, get to free agency. So, guys, just for that, we will be live during all of the first couple of days of free agency. Well, the tampering period, really. And what's going to happen is I'm going to play the breaking news sounder, and then I'm not going to speak because Tony's going to speak. He's going to be the one yes. that is going to announce all the bear signings. And he's gonna Mickey. have to do it. No, no, I'm not. No, hold on, Musa, not Mickey. We have to go with our Swedish brethren because he's on the show. Well, <laughs> yeah, you're going. You're going. Honestly, I think I'm gonna randomly say this in public. People are like, who the fuck are you talking about? But yes, exactly. You <laughs> know, in, in whatever it is, ten days time when the tampering period officially opens, even though technically the tampering period starts now because all these one and. Um, here we go, they're looking for an Irish Mickey now, you guys. That's it, that's it, that's it. You're going on a very dangerous road down there now. Be very careful. <laughs> I, hope Be very mean, careful. I, I hope you mean, can we hear an Irish Mickey mouse? No, not an Irish yeah. Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this, this, Mickey Mouse loves the tavern. <laughs> Oh, that's class. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, uh, Lucas Van Ness is about to run. <laughs> I fucking run oh, away from us. <laughs> Especially if he's in your house, Tony. Look at what happened to Musa Pig over there. <clears throat> exactly. Look, oh. this is right. Like, Alan mentions it here. Realistically, the tampering period began like yeah. two days ago. So, yeah. That, that's what's going to be fun. We are going to be live for those. We'll have the, the thing that we want to do on the show as well for those shows. We, we will have some guests on the show as well. But actually, we do want to hear from some of you guys. So when we do talk about, I guess, when the Bears make some signings, we will be opening the show for anybody to come on and to give their opinion on a particular signing or what you want to see the Bears do. The one thing that we will caveat that with is that we actually would prefer for people that are watching the show at the time because then they get there we get your kind of genuine reaction to it as well so we will be live for once the tampering period opens we will be live the second day and then the first day of the official free agency when that opens as well and then after that point it will be as signings happen we will do kind of shows or we'll do kind of videos on those um but look, we are really excited when it comes to some of these free agent signings, the potential signings. We've done a bunch of videos over the last while 
we still have, I think we have like another eight videos that are recorded that we just haven't even had time to put out. Ant and um, Noel on the show yesterday actually as well spoke to one of the reporters from the Lions as well to see what they may do. I know Ant is planning on talking to someone from the Vikings and also related to the Packers as well, just to kind of give us... I'll hold on the Packers one, right? Definitely the the Vikings one, definitely. But no one's come back to me from the Packers. So what I am genuinely thinking of doing is doing a five-second show where I interview a black room and just see what responses I get from that Uh, room. personally, Personally, I think what we need to do, right, is we need to... We'll both go on a show, and then I'll go on my phone, right, on the other stream... And just have it as like a picture of a cheese. And that's it. And we'll just ask the cheese questions. And then they'll just say no. More intelligent. It will be more more intelligent. But look, at the end of the day, there's a lot of videos that are coming your way. And really, we want some of you guys to put your comments in. Oh, dear God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. What? We'll just do it like this, and uh, you can ask me questions. Karen, exactly, Ex- exactly. Tony, I'm all for it. Why all for no it. <laughs> so why is no one talking about me? Please you, talk yeah, about me. Well, you just you just need to change your picture to a, a slice of cheese, and you'd be grand. But <laughs> but look, the, the thing is, we do have a lot of videos coming up. I I can't even remember all the ones that have already gone out on on the channel. There's been a load, but we do have quite a lot more. If I kind of look through the last few ones um, that we've done. So we had Juwan Taylor was one that went out yesterday. We had Isaac Siumalu went out. Ethan Pochich was a recent one. Michael Thomas was another one. We had Josh Jacobs, Javon Hargrave, and Bobby Okariki. So they've been some of the videos that have gone out so far this week. And um, we had a bunch of other guys last week in terms of like Mike McGlinchey, Jacoby Myers, Draymond Jones. And um, we had Robert Woods, Yannick Ngakwe, Caleb Bagari. So a lot of the guys that kind of we have spoken about on the show. Well, there'll be a lot more guys coming as well. Um, <laughs> maybe maybe Tony should do one on Moose the Pig or something like that. Um, but look, oh, he's, not, overall, he's not getting picked to free agency. He's, he's stuck to a wall. <laughs> nah, but look, we, we do have quite a lot of them. Like there, there is, like right now for us, there is a, a backlog of actually the guys that we do have and they will all be going up over the next day or two. And there will be more, both on offense and on defense. We want to get through as many as we possibly can, especially the guys that, everybody kind of in the comments and that watch the videos and like our stuff that they want to see. So when you watch one of these videos and like you hit the like button, do leave a comment and be like who you would like to see next. Um, yeah, Agent Mel has it right. Oh my God, oh my God, Karen. Do a player video on Mickey, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that would be funny as hell. Uh, maybe we'll do it on one of these big live shows that we'll do when it comes to free agency or the draft. But look, it's there's a, there's a lot of good content coming up. But what I would say for you guys is, like I said, if you enjoy free agency like we do, if you get excited like we do when it comes to that point, like we did a lot of those shows last year and it was a lot of fun, even though the Bears didn't do that much. 
we do want to hear from you guys. We really do. Um, so when it comes to those shows, even if we have guests on, even if we're kind of talking through some of the stuff, if you would like to give your opinion on, it can be the Bears making a signing, somebody else making a signing, we will put the the links into the chat while we are on for those free agency videos. And we will be accepting people to come in to kind of have their say on who they like. And look, if the if it's something that you guys enjoy for the free agency videos, we'll also do something similar for the draft because like last year, we will be live for each of the three days of, of the draft. We were there for whatever it was, eight, nine hours of day three. And it was it was fun. We had I, I think it was Adam me. Ant was traveling to Sweden. He was there when he was leaving Dublin. Then he was back on when he got into Sweden. So like it was it was truly insane. So look, we want to get you guys all the content that you guys crave and all you guys really like. An interesting comp here they actually just put up for Nolan Smith because we I guess looking at it in terms of the current season is they actually put up as Hassan Reddick was an interesting kind of comparison with him. And obviously it took Hassan Reddick a couple of seasons to kind of get going, but Nolan Smith is kind of showing out today where he's shown that athleticism. Look, we're seeing all these defensive linemen really kind of put up some great numbers. And the interesting thing is that we're still yet to see guys like Tyree Wilson, guys like um, Will Anderson Jr. who are actually working out with the linebackers today. So when they go, I think people are going to get really, really interested in some of these numbers, but just what these guys look like. And I think that makes it exciting for a team that may want to build up on that defense. There's a lot there for the Bears to get better here. And that's why I do think the talk around that first overall pick the Bears just need to get as much as they can. Whether if they feel they can get, they're getting really good deals now, cool. But if you think you can get an even better deal later on, I don't think that there's a big problem waiting. I think this is a perfect situation that the Bears have found themselves in. It was tough for us. We had to go through a whole season where, it, it like we saw it throughout this year, it was tough to be able to talk about the Bears to have to deal with that season. But it may actually be worth it in the end because we may see our team get a lot better over the coming weeks and it's not far we're in march like at the end of the day the draft is in april it is creeping up on us really really quickly and it's it's exciting i know tony you were saying it to me last week that one of your favorite times of the off season is free agency and it's it's kind of crazy that's only about 10 days away yeah no absolutely yes i I feel like it sort of snuck up on us this year it's been a lot quicker than it usually is. Um, so, yeah, I mean, everyone loves the draft, but it's such a long, drawn-out, protracted process. You know, like, it goes from the mock draft and then the 14th mock draft and the 28th mock draft, and then you've got all the, right, lads. <laughs> yeah, bye, right? That's all I'm saying, right? Don't make me come for you. Uh, <laughs> or you yeah. end up like Moose the Pig. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but yeah, no free agency is much better. It's uh, it's it's exciting. It's but the thing is as well is because the, I think the difference is because you've seen the guys playing in the NFL already. You know what to expect from in the in the NFL. Um, you know, but it doesn't always. 
<laughs> doesn't always translate to the to the NFL from uh, from the college. Anyway, are we wrapping this up anytime soon? Yes, we are. We are. Yeah, we are. We're, we're, we've moving quickly on. All thing. I'll, all thing I'll say about the about free agency this year. Uh, I really want to temper this for the Bear, for Bears fans out there. We are going to sign two or three big name players. I really think we are, but we aren't signing like. Ten of them. Like we're not, we're not going mental. We're not spending just because we have a hundred million cap space. Do not expect Ryan Pauls to be doing anything over sixty-five million. I think seventy million or whatever he definitely has to do, um, because he's looking at the longer game of this and he's looking at what could come down the road. And got to remember that hopefully we're looking to have to pay Justin Fields a contract at some stage in the next next twelve to four, 24 months. So don't forget that as well. I think there's a there's a an unexpected scenario with having that much money. Also, the players that know that are going to talk to the Bears, they know we have that money as well. So when you thought they might have been 11, 12 million, they're now going to look for 13, 14, 15. So don't underestimate that scenario when you suddenly see a figure like everyone in Sportax was saying he's only going to go for 7 million and the Bears got him for 12. Well, one, it's not your money. And two, this is a game. This is what they all have to do. They have to look after their own clients and their own self. So just make sure we get better players and better positions. I'll be honest, this year, I, I really don't give a crap about what a player is going to get paid. Um, even if it's like they're gone like way over what we expect, because at the end of the day, like, like you said, Ant, like, why should we care what another player is getting paid? Especially when you don't really have an issue with cap space. And I do, I agree with you. I don't think that they're going to go crazy. I think they're going to sign like between like two to four big deals. And then I think what's going to happen is we're going to have a couple of the smaller kind of deals from there. Um, but also, I think you're going to see a couple of extensions. You're probably going to see Cole Komet get some money. You're probably going to see maybe Jalen Johnson get something. You may see Darnell Mooney. I'm not 100% sure, but I do think that there's a likelihood that you will see that happen. And then I think you'll see some of the guys we've been talking about over the last kind of 10 days get good free agent deals from the Bears. Like, I, I guess they kind of do this, whatever it is, 10 days out. You mentioned that on the three or four guys. I know you put a tweet out today of some guys that you thought the Bears would genuinely sign. So I guess where we'll finish this off today is we'll do kind of a, a little kind of mini prediction for just the bigger deals um, of what you think after us kind of looking at a lot of these guys, going through some of these videos that we've been doing as well. Where do you genuinely believe that the Bears spend some of that money early in free agency? Where is where's your head at right now, Ant? So the offensive line for me, I think that's where they're going to go. Why? Because you're seeing it on the screen and, and on the combine because I think they may feel that they have defensive guy uh, defensive guys available in the draft that they can go and get. And they may not feel as comfortable about the, about the offensive line. So I think you want to have a scenario where you've got experience on that line. So that's why I'm... I'm thinking we're going to end up with a with a new right tackle. I think we're going to end up with a new left guard. I think we're potentially going to end up with with those two positions getting totally solidified. Um, and then after that, you're looking to see, preferably, I, I, I get Tony's idea about a three tech to get that 
almost done. So yes, you can go and get another one if you want, but you've got this kind of a another kind of player that you could tag into your into your group of what it was going to be. But I think if they came away with a guaranteed um right tackle, a guaranteed left guard, and and then you're looking at the third one being probably because we haven't got an a scenario whether that's an edge or whether that's a linebacker, um one of those two uh, being a relatively big name, then then that's that's what I think would be a, a good a good start. Anthony, I want names. Give me names. <laughs> okay, so na- okay. Now you I thought you said positions. So names. I've been saying it for for weeks. I want Ben Powers at at left guard. Um, mm-hmm. I just I just think he sits really well in what Chicago wants to do, and he has a cinder block, and that whole story is amazing. Um, and the other one then is, I just I just think they'll they'll end up going with. Oh. <laughs> I knew this was going. Okay, yeah, okay. Gonna, um, I think they're gonna go Mike McGlinchey, but I, I, I just that's just I've no reason to believe that other than the fact that San Francisco have won games, and I think Poles likes the idea of getting guys who've won games into into the system, um, and then behind that, I'm I'm not gonna try and pronounce some of these guys. That's why I'm trying to get the better pronunciation guys out there. I think you're gonna get the likes of Bobby. Go on, pronounce. Give me help me pronouncing okay. his name. No, 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 no. Lambda, Lambda, Lambda. Okur, okur, Bobby O, right, a linebacker from the Colts, right. We're gonna go, we're gonna go try and get him and, and see if we can get. No, What's the name of that no, 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 from the Colts, another good player, another very good player, Yannick, I think his name is. Nagwak, why, why do you do this to me? Nagaykwa, I've no idea, right? I, I, I've no interest. I'm much more concentrating on muscle pick. Um, no, that would be the tree that I'd be looking at. Straight up. Bobby O, Yannick N, and then uh, looking at those. <laughs> <laughs> Agent Bone. Oh, you're okay. Brilliant. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Just so you got it. In, gawk, way. Okay. Tony, same question to you. If you have to make your prediction for let say there's like three big signings at the start of free agency. Where do you see the Bears going? Right tackle. Player. Mike McGlinchey. Very good. Left guard. Isaac Siamalo. Good. Uh, pass rush. Mm-hmm. Yannick Ngakwe. And I know I'm marveling you with the pronunciation of these names, by the way. I Hold on. <laughs> And uh, run it back, must have picked Javon Hargrave. And I, I, I didn't actually have Hargrave in there before, and um, but now, now the way things are going, I think they'll probably try and get him. Uh, do, do, do you think he's going to free agency? Yes, yeah, do you think uh, 100%. Eagles are they're not they're not going to try and tag him or can't afford him? No, they can't, they can't afford to, to tag Javon Hargrave. Um, I don't think I'd be shocked if Javon Hargrave isn't doesn't hit free agency. He's gonna because look, I think they know like the money that it would take to tag him because I I think it's just based on what we're seeing with Duran Payne. What is it like fifteen to eighteen million in terms of a franchise tag over one year? I don't think that that's gonna be an option for the Eagles. Um, 
I think they know that they're gonna have to try and just they also have players that like who was it their their first round pick from last year? Um was it it was one of the guys from Georgia, um Jordan Davis. Was he the guy that went to the Eagles? Yeah, yeah, um, that's, yeah. That's like him, he yeah. like he's gonna have to get his opportunity. So like realistically, I think they're gonna let Javon Hargrave hit free agency and give him his chance. Um so I think it makes sense there. Where I think it makes sense for the Bears to go Javon Hargrave over kind of one of the guys that I that I'm guessing the Bears will will sign. I think that they're probably gonna sign Draymond Jones because I think he just fits, I guess, the style that the Bears look for. But where I do see it is if they do like a three tech in the draft, I could see them going for Javon Hargrave to team him up with a guy that they're going to get in the draft basically to make it easier for said player to kind of be filtered in but not have all the pressure straight away um and i think that that could be a good one because look eberflus does like to rotate in terms of that d-line and he's gonna want to have let's just say for those two interior positions he's gonna want to have four or five guys that he can trust in there right now they have what one maybe in justin jones so they have a lot of signings to do so I think it depends on what way they want to go in the draft. If they don't want to go get a three-tech early in the draft, that's where I do think that Draymond Jones could be one of those guys. I Look, I don't know how well he's going to fit at three-tech. I did a video on this because the thing is, the, when you watch him on tape and his highlighted plays look really good and they look like a top guy of free agency and he's going to get a lot of money, but we do have to look at it and to see, does he fit as a three-tech? And that's my biggest question. If Eberflus thinks he does, I think that that's the perfect signing, and I think it just makes a whole lot of sense. But I just don't know how well he's going to fit at three-tech because most of his success was at the five, and that's going to be one. So, look, I think one of the one of the signings will be one of Hargrave or Draymond Jones for about $70 million. I agree with you, Tony. I think the right tackle is going to be Mike McGlinchey. Um, and then also in terms of the third one, I agree with what Adam said and what you've said at the start. And this one reminds me of like, remember when Danny Trevathan was always linked to the Bears? That's who I think Bobby Okereke is. I think where it's just a very obvious kind of link to the organization. And I think it will happen. And also there was reports that, there's a lot of teams that are interested in him. I think he'll get a good amount of money, but I think he's going to be one of those guys that the Bears will target. So, look, if you want to go kind of pass rusher, I think really Ngakwe is probably one of the few guys you can kind of look at at that point. But, yeah, I, I, I think the three ones that I had to kind of put a little bit of money on, one of Javon Hargrave or Draymond Jones for pretty much the same amount of money there, about $70 million. I think you go from Mike McGlinchey, who I think he's going to get more money than people expect because who was it? The I think it was John Lynch came out today, said that they would love to have him back, but they're not going to be able to get him back for the price he's going to get in free agency. I think he's going to be the guy that the Bears are going to target at right tackle. That's just a hunch. Um, like, like we said in previous shows, it's going to depend on what the Bears really like at that position. Do they want to go with the guy that's the best pass blocker? Maybe then you go with like a Juwan Taylor, which Seth in the chat has mentioned here. 
Juwan just makes sense age-wise. Um, I would like them to change left guard, and I just don't know if they're going to. Um, I would love them to do it because it shows a real ambition to get better along the offensive line. I think this is a really, really important kind of off-season to do that. But those are the guys that I think, and look, I guess these things can change when we see more and more guys that do become available. But look, this is going to be a really interesting week. Uh, we have a lot of videos coming out over the next couple of days. We, I don't know quite yet if we're going to be back for when the wide receivers and all those guys kind of do the, the combine. But if we are not live, we will have a short kind of review video of the different days here if, if there's anything that is of note to mention. So, guys, make sure that you stick with us. Make sure that you do like the video. Make sure that you do subscribe. Like I said, on those short videos that we've been putting out, if there's someone you want us to talk about, make sure you put it in the comments. We are reading through them because we want to cover the guys that, again, you are interested in, who you think the Bears should be going after. We've done that with a lot of our videos already. Like I said, there's going to be another video coming out probably tomorrow where Ant and Noel were talking to somebody in relation to the Detroit Lions and what they should be doing at the start of the season. Ant has put in a lot of work on on those type of videos, and they're going to be coming out very soon. The Lions one will be coming out tomorrow, and there's a Vikings one next week, along with all the free agency videos in preparation for 10 days' time for all those live shows from when the Bears hopefully improve their team kind of tenfold. But look, we appreciate all the comments for you guys sticking with us. It's going to be interesting to see what else happens here in the Combine over the next couple of days, some of the rumors that might come out. So, look, enjoy it. The Bears are in control of free, free agency. They're in control of the draft. It doesn't always happen in the offseason. So, while we have it here, enjoy it. Don't get too stressed over it. Again, it is just the offseason where we are going to see this team improve mightily. So, like we said, like the video. If you have not subscribed already, please do. Follow all of us over on Twitter and get your comments in. Get your... Like, like I said, any suggestions that you want for the show as well, because we always listen to you guys and try and provide you the content that you truly want. So, look, until next time, all we can say is bear down, folks. Bear down. Bear down.